for my ally is the Force. And a powerful ally it is. Life creates it. Makes it grow. Its energy surrounds us and binds us. Luminous beings are we, not this crude matter. You must feel the force around you. Here, between you, me, the tree, the rock, everywhere. I am a Jedi, like my father before me. You don't know the power of the dark side. If you strike me down, I shall become more powerful than you can possibly imagine. I got a bad feeling about this. Welcome to episode 311 of Blue Harvest. I'm your host, Halls Burkhart. And our buddy Will, he's not here this week. He had a last-minute family travel thing come up, so he had to skip this week. Uh, he'll be back next week. So, you know, I don't like doing these things solo, so I recruited one of the most pleasant people in Star Wars slash geek slash just all around podcasting it's our good buddy from the sith list and of course patreon shows for steel wars the bad motivators and blue harvest our buddy king tom chansky hey Hawes, thank you for having me hello everyone and i, I guess it's only fitting because i just got back from a you know a little family trip so you yeah. you 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 you, te- you sent me the message like we were about to, we just finished up on we went up to Lake Erie which is like uh, what Ohio people do when they want to go to the Jersey Shore <laughs> and uh, we, we were just finishing up on the beach and we we're gonna drive home it's you know three four hours and 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 that made the drive a lot better because I get back and I get to be on Blue Harvest and talk to Oz hey heck yeah that sounds good to me so uh, as I mentioned our good buddy King Tom here is on our Patreon bonus shows, Master of Harvest Kasi, where we talk about Star Wars video games. We put out an episode just a couple weeks ago talking about uh, Republic Commando, the most bad batch of Star Wars video games that's not actually the bad batch. Um, But if you're interested in that or other of our bonus shows like Cooking with Will, Oh No, It's All Solo, Jaws, Blue Harvest Adventures, Podula Rasa... Uh, Star Wars Year by Podcast, Instant Bad Batch and Mandalorian Reactions, and so much more. Check out patreon.com slash Blue Harvest Podcast. And follow us on Twitter, Twitch, and Instagram at Blue Harvest Pod. So, buddy, how, um, besides the trip to, well, how, how was the trip? How was the trip to Lake Erie? Um, it was it was a lot of fun. Uh, you know, there's this little island we take a ferry to. We rent a golf cart to kind of drive around the island because it's, it's really expensive to stay there. Uh, but it's got a state park with a beach, and there's, like, some forests that we hike through. And the kids had a good time. 
Um, we're let down because there's this one restaurant isn't as good as it used to be that we like to go to. Wow. Um, and, in, you know, they moved. They're now part of this water park, you know, because this water resort and the owner is still there hanging out and, you know, pumping the flesh and everything. It was kind of funny because we didn't really have a great experience there. So we went out to Taco Bell waiting in line at the drive through and the owner from the restaurant walks into Taco Bell and walks out two minutes later with like this big bag and a, you know, extra large soda. And it's <laughs> hilarious. That is funny. That is funny. <laughs> mm-hmm. <clears throat> right on. Um, yeah. What's the, what's the beach like at Lake Erie? I've never been, that's one of the great lakes, right? Yeah, it is. Yeah. It is. Um, it's, it's really not, you know, the, there are a ton of beaches here in Ohio and I'm, I'm sure, you know, in Canada, um, so I think it depends on what you go to, but we, we went to the state parks, um, near Port Clinton, which is like kind of halfway between Toledo and Cleveland. Um, and then you can also get, you know, ferries. So there, there are a few different islands. They're small, uh, but you know, clean, the waves aren't too huge. You could walk out like, I guess a few hundred feet and like the water will, you know, the, the depth will dip down. And then again, like the water barely comes to my knees. Oh, okay. That's cool. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's calm. Uh, no jellyfish. There are horse flies, though. Oh, I hate a fucking horse fly. I, yeah, I got, I got bit a few times, um, but it, it was it was a lot of fun. Um, we've been there, you know, uh, my wife and I a bunch of times, and with the kids, I think this is their second or third time. But this was probably the busiest that we uh, obviously we didn't go last year right uh, but this was the busiest the most people but still it wasn't like super crowded you know i, I grew up grow, going to the jersey shore and and I, I will say i do miss the ocean um we took the kids to, to hilton head maybe about five or six years ago and that was a lot of fun um there's nothing like the ocean though yeah yeah you know i, I grew up going to the alabama coast mm-hmm. and that's like gulf of mexico and, right. you know, uh, as a kid, it was the best and, mm-hmm. you know, super busy, super touristy. But, you know, in retrospect, there's definitely nicer beaches with nicer water to go yeah. to um, that aren't even that far away from, like, the Gulf Shores area. I have a lot of nostalgia for the Gulf Shores area, but the the water is, like, doo-doo brown. I don't know, mm-hmm. man. It's I've, I've been, you know, like... Just a little further away is are places like Destin in Florida, and they have nice beaches and stuff. So, I have I've never been to Florida. Hmm. You know, it's it's fucking Florida. I don't know what else <laughs> to say. Yeah, it's I Florida. I don't feel I don't feel the drive to go. My mother, uh, you know, my mother's family is from New Orleans. We've been down there a bunch. Although we, I've never been to any of the beaches there in the Gulf. Um, but yeah, I just have never felt the need to go to Florida. <laughs> Yeah, the only pull Apologies I, to anyone who lives in Florida. Yeah, the only pull I've ever had to go to Florida is like I've got some family there. It's nice to go visit them, of course. But for anything else, it's been like, oh, c- celebrations in Florida. I guess I guess I'm going to Florida, or right. you know, Disney's in Florida. Well, there's there's an excuse to go to Florida. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> so um, we've got some fun stuff to talk about this week. Of course, the newest episode of The Bad Batch. We've got some crew rumors for the book of Boba Fett and Lucasfilm at, at large. And um, 
a little bit of a mystery that I, I was hoping maybe you could help me crack, buddy. I think that's what we'll kick off with. Okay. So, uh, as anybody who has heard King Tom on any of his other podcasting <laughs> ventures will probably know, uh, he, much like myself and Will, big fan of the MCU, the Marvel Cinematic Universe stuff, right? Yeah, oh, definitely. Well, today they announced the next Marvel live-action show and its release date. The next Marvel <laughs> re, uh, live-action show is Hawkeye, mm-hmm. and it is coming uh, November 24th, so like yes. the week of Thanksgiving. Probably the day, I think that's the day before Thanksgiving even. Yeah, if they're coming out on Wednesday, that should be it. Yeah. Um, now, here's the question. So far... When it comes to Disney Plus live action releases, we haven't really had any crossover. Meaning, you know, uh, you know, uh, Mandalorian finished before <laughs> WandaVision, WandaVision finished before Falcon and Winter Soldier, so on and so forth. Mm-hmm. Now, Book of Boba Fett, we don't have a release date for it besides a general holiday slash Christmas twenty. 21 which would put that about a month bef- uh or so after uh Hawkeye. Yeah. so uh, what do you think's going on here uh you know i imagine at the very least hawkeye is going to be six episodes if not eight because that so far we've gotten what eight with wandavision and falcon and the winter soldier and then loki was six episodes correct so yeah, you see where I'm going here. I do. Um, in December, the the Wednesday closest to Christmas is the 22nd. Mm-hmm. So that means the 24th Christmas Eve is a Friday. And that would put it at one, f- five. Episode five of Hawkeye would be Wednesday, December 22nd. So the question becomes... Are we going to be getting the beginning of the book of Boba Fett um, alongside the final couple episodes of Hawkeye? Or will Hawkeye finish up before book of Boba Fett airs? And if it does, then it looks like we are most likely looking more towards the last week in December or the first week in January. Could we be looking at book of boba fett being pushed a couple of weeks because of hawkeye i don't know i i would i would hope not they do have well first of all when they announced a few weeks ago that because of the success of loki that everything was going to be coming out on wednesday was that everything new and live or was that just marvel stuff I want to say they specifically mentioned Book of Boba Fett in that. Okay. And I can't remember for sure. I tried to go and look for the announcement real quick. I didn't spend a lot of time on it, obviously. But, yeah, I kind of feel like Book of Boba Fett was specifically mentioned in that. And I just wonder, like, look, if they both come out, you know, if Episode 5 of Hawkeye comes out and the Book of Boba Fett's first episode both come out on the 22nd, I'm totally fine with that. Like, yeah. I, I do think there's enough room for a Marvel show and a Star Wars show to come out. It's just hasn't been how they've operated so far. 
No. Uh, they do have other live action shows coming out alongside the the Marvel shows that have been coming out. Um, Turner and Hooch. Have, uh, Turner and Hooch, the Mysterious Benedict Society. My daughter loves that. She loves those books. She's indifferent on the show right now. Uh, and I think they've even had Mighty Ducks and other things come out. And the way it sounded when they gave that big presentation about the future being streaming, it sounded like their goal is to just flood the airwaves, so to speak, with content. Yeah, and, and given everything they've announced, not even counting things that aren't Marvel and DC, or shit, Marvel and <laughs> Star Wars, um, <clears throat> you know, just all the Star Wars Disney Plus projects and all the Marvel stuff, and this is not even counting unannounced stuff. Yeah. I was wondering even, you know, last year during the investors um, conference that they did, how they would avoid releasing stuff at the same time. And I honestly do feel like at some point they can't avoid yeah, it and I, they'll have to. I think they realize that that's something they're going to have to do. And it's a better problem to have stuff coming out on the same date than nothing at all. Yeah, because I'll be honest with you, that first year of Disney Plus, a little sparse for me. Yeah. You know, I yeah. signed up for the year in advance because it was a better deal. And obviously, I was super stoked for The Mandalorian. And But after that last episode of The Mandalorian aired, there wasn't a whole lot to look forward to. I mean, you know, it had a lot of movies and stuff. That was <clears throat> that was cool, but not at new content. There wasn't a ton of new content. And that's thankfully no longer the case because, uh, you know, we're going to be finishing up The Bad Batch over the next three weeks. Then it's going to roll in. Actually, you know what? Now that I think about it, I'm pretty sure Marvel What If and the end of Bad Batch are going to be crossing over. I didn't think about that. So, like, And what about Visions? Visions is September 22nd. Now, that's going to be a little different of a thing, right? Because it's not going to be spread out. It's all one big drop of content. Right. So, but would that be coming out on a What If day? It could. It very well could be coming out on a what if day. So we've got Bad Batch tonight and then the 5th and the 12th. So actually what will happen is the first episode of What If will come out Wednesday the 11th and then mm -hmm. the last episode of Bad Batch will come out, you know, late the 12th slash early the 13th. So, right. <laughs> yeah. Interesting. And I don't know how many episodes What If is. And I don't know how many I episodes to, Hawkeye is. I want to say I saw at one point the, the What If. I think really early on they promoted it, but I don't remember. I haven't seen that lately. Yeah. I just wonder what that means. I I, I, I mean, obviously I'm hoping, and, and my preferred outcome is not that Book of Boba Fett gets pushed out of the way for Hawkeye. I'm excited yeah. for... Haley Steinf Steinfeld as the new Hawkeye. Um, I'm going to be completely honest with you. Uh, old Jeremy Renner, not my favorite. You know? No. So, no, of, yeah. of the Marvel TV projects, this one is a little further down on my interest list solely because of Jeremy Renner and the character of Hawkeye. Excited, like I said, to see Haley Steinfeld. That, that sort of saves it for me. 
At the same time, Hawes, you out of anyone don't have to be polite about this. You are, like, it's okay to say you are looking forward to Book of Boba Fett and nothing else. I know, man, but, you know, I, I King Tom, I'm like when you go to the, the pound to get a rescue dog, uh-huh. and there's the one that's sitting in the corner, and he seems nice. But he's seen some shit, man. That's me with Boba Fett after the last few years. I, I, I feel like, you know, after he showed up in Mandalorian Season 2 and everybody was like, yo, Boba Fett rules, you guys. <laughs> I, I was like, yeah, right? Right? But you fast, uh, you you um, go back in time like two months even before that happened. And it was mm-hmm. still people just shitting on Boba Fett left and right. So I remember, the North remembers <laughs> what the general consensus was on Boba Fett in the Star Wars yeah. fandom for a lot of people. Again, you are one of the true believers because for a lot of people, and I, you know, I, I don't think I, I've been as in on Boba Fett as you, but I definitely knew there was more to him and I thought he was a great character, but I nothing compared to you. But for a lot of people, they needed to see him in action and they we didn't always get that. No. You know, no, George, I mean, it, you know, I've always said, on this show that I get it, you know, and I get that, you know, for a lot of people, Boba Fett and Boba Fett fandom sort of, it's a lot like Revan fandom from Knights of the Old Republic, right? Where yeah, they don't, you know, some of the pe- most vocal people who are part of that fandom um, aren't the best representatives yeah. in Star Wars and, fandom. And George, his <clears throat> philosophy was always don't overdo it with showing cool things you know i think it was in from star wars to jedi he's giving an interview and they're talking about the sail barge set and he's like you know i blew it up and people in hollywood were, why don't you show more of it mm-hmm. and he said you know he said i blew it up because if you show it only for a short period of time people will will remember it and they'll they'll want more of it well and they'll think it's great <clears throat> that sure worked with me and boba fett that's for sure yep. so yep. speaking of book of boba fett we got a couple of uh, interesting tidbits. You know, what was it, two, three weeks ago, Tamora Morrison did the interview where he sort of dropped some of the director names. You know, mm-hmm. Robert Rodriguez, Dave Filoni, uh, Bryce Dallas Howard, John Favreau. Well, this week, another director um, has been thrown out as a director of one of the episodes, and that is Sam Hargrave. Um Sam Hargrave was a second unit director on the season two, uh, in season two of The Mandalorian. Okay. And it seems like he has been promoted to uh, just a straight up director of an episode good. this. Uh, I was going to say that name really doesn't sound too familiar, but good for him for getting a shot. No, no. And he uh, apparently also directed um, a Netflix original movie by the name of extraction um okay and his other uh second unit work soon second unit work includes atomic blonde avengers infinity war in game captain america civil war deadpool 2 and the accountant so you know he's definitely got the the credentials behind him as a second right. unit director right he's worked on enough big things and yeah yeah well, it's, it's, that's good though yeah it's it's neat to see you know like he did some work on Mandalorian Season 2. Obviously, he worked a, a lot on sort of the Marvel side of things, and now it seems like maybe they're giving him a shot at his uh, own episode on the Book of Boba Fett. 
And then another piece of crew information um, is that uh, some would call him legendary cinematographer Dean Cundy. I believe that's uh, how his name. I think so. He did Back to the Future. He did Back to the Future. He did one of my favorite movies of all time, fucking Big Trouble in Little China. Uh, He did Jurassic Park, Who Framed Roger Rabbit, Hook, Casper, The Flintstones, Roadhouse, Apollo 13. Uh, The dude's got some credits to his name. Yeah, wow. And it seems like he has done some uh, cinematography work um, uh, for the book of Boba Fett. So. You know, I, I just remember I um Back to the Future. I'm a huge Back to the Future fan. And when they finally released the DVDs, that was like I want to say they came out in like 2002 or 2003. But they were like one of the last big movies that were not on DVDs. Mm-hmm. And I watched every piece of bonus material, you know, back before I was married and had kids. I had all this time. Um, and. I, I listened to all of the commentaries, and it was uh, Bob Gale and Bob Zemeckis, I think, or I don't know if it was Zemeckis or one of the other guys, but they just kept on going on about you know what a professional he was and how good he was. So like his name, when you said his name, I'm like wow, he's working on Star Wars. That is pretty damn cool. That is cool. Um, you know, I think <laughs> given a, I'm a big fan of a lot of those movies. Yeah. I listed off, you know, Back to the Future trilogy, obviously Big Trouble in Little China and a bunch of the other ones. Mm-hmm. So to hear that he is going to have a hand in the book of Boba Fett, whew, yep. I'm, that makes me interested, like, obviously. I was very mm-hmm. interested in this show, but from a cinematography standpoint, that uh, really piques my interest. So I, I think we could be into for something pretty special as far as the look of the show goes. I think so. Um, so. so I'm pretty excited. Uh, so about how I, I know, you know, Robert Rodriguez, he did that one episode and we kind of really expected even a more Western vibe out of, I, I think that, that I know that's what I'm thinking. And I've heard other people say something like that, even more of a Western vibe than the Mandalorian has. Are you expecting that? Or are you thinking now it's going to be something totally different? So, you know, honestly, given the end of Mandalorian season two with Boba Fett sort of taking Jabba's throne and killing killing old fucking Bib Fortuna and shit, mm-hmm. I honestly have kind of just assumed that we will see most of the action take place on Tatooine. Yeah. Uh, and I still kind of feel like that. You know, it's no secret that there's that that set out in uh, California where they filmed Mm -hmm. The Mandalorian. They filmed some Book of Boba Fett. They, I believe, also were filming Obi-Wan stuff. And uh, a lot of that stuff looks kind of Tatooine-related to me. So Mm. I I have a feeling that this show, if not for the most, like, if not completely, for the most part, will be set on Tatooine. And I am expecting it to have a bit of a, I don't know, a Western meets the Godfather type vibe. Mm-hmm. That's have, a good way of putting it. Yeah, I have a feeling there's going to be, you know, sort of that crime syndicate Star Wars thing going on in it too. Mm-hmm. Um, especially with Boba Fett moving in and taking over a territory. 
you have to think that he's not going to be the only person interested in uh, Tatooine, right? Mm -hmm. So that's kind of what I'm expecting. I don't know, though. I also, for years, said I thought that Obi-Wan wouldn't leave Tatooine. and <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> sure doesn't look know. like that's going to be the case. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. Um, you know, it's interesting that we're hearing... Uh, you know, little bits and pieces of information about mm -hmm. uh, the book of Boba Fett. Mainly, it's it's crew members and stuff that have come out, right? Yeah. Um, but they announced, I believe it was today, that the Disney D23 event is taking place this year, November 19th through 21st, and that it will include um, book of Boba Fett information oh, I didn't, I didn't, so are we gonna have to wait until november for a trailer <clears throat> it's possible because if you think about it besides that preview that we got um uh at celebration right when we we were at the mandalorian panel in chicago Mm -hmm. If you remember, the the full Mandalorian trailer didn't hit until about a month before The Mandalorian came out. Same thing with the uh, season two of The Mandalorian. Do you remember how long people were like, oh, Mandalorian trailer any day now? Mm -hmm. And it just seems like with this Disney Plus stuff, they don't really give us a look at anything until about a month before. We were talking yeah. about uh, Marvel What If earlier, and, you know, its first trailer came out you know, about a month before it's going to debut on August 11th. So. Yeah, that's that's true. Um, my other thing, I didn't know about this, you know, D23 until you, you just told me, but wasn't, are they still going to be doing one in uh, August of next year? I don't know. I don't know about that. That's a good question. Wasn't that the reason that... Um, celebration was moved up from august to may because they they thought it was going to be too close to that's D23. right isn't it mm -hmm. yeah i don't know and the interesting thing about this is okay it says the event will take place november 19th through 21st 2021 at disney's contemporary resort at walt disney world resort now walt disney world that's orlando and i feel yeah, like that is. d23 is typically anaheim right in the convention center, yeah. So, yeah, I think you might be right uh, that there will be a further D23 next year, probably in Anaheim. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Or maybe they... I, this is just me thinking off the top of my head. Um, but that event that they had in December where we saw the previews and found out... Um, you know the one I'm talking. Yeah, the where investors. They each, of the, each of the sub studios. Mm -hmm. Yeah, maybe that was so successful they want to make it into more of a because D23, if I'm not mistaken, is every other year. Mm -hmm. Maybe they want to do that again this year and rebrand it or something like that. Yeah, that could be it for sure. Because that that investors event last year obviously made a ton of news and yeah. generated a lot of hype for Disney Plus specifically. <laughs> Um, so yeah, that's interesting. I didn't even, I totally forgot about the conflict between D23 and, uh, Celebration next year. 
Hmm. I don't know, man. But yeah, I, so if that's, you know, November 19th to the 21st, and Book of Boba Fett is still on track for December around Christmas, that could very well be when we get our first trailer. Mm-hmm. Maybe we'll get some sort of teaser or, you know, promotional shots and stuff before then. I would, I would hope so because even though that's, you know, less than four months away, I'm ready. I am ready for some Book of Boba Fett information. Right. <clears throat> so, uh, all righty. I think that's every, like, all the little bits and pieces. So, uh, obviously, you've seen the latest episode of The Bad Batch, right? Yes. Yeah. What did you, uh, what did you think of this one? Um, I thought it, it told us a, a good, solid story, but at the same time, uh, it wasn't, it wasn't my favorite episode of the season, and mm-hmm. If if I had if I had to rank it, I'd probably rank it in the lower half, but that's because everything in the upper half has has been really good, and the season has felt like it's it's building to something. It's you know it's telling a story. We have the showdown with Crosshair, the potential mm-hmm. of more showdowns with the Empire. We just got off two episode excellent episodes on Ryloth. Um, that dealt with not just, you know, Hera and and her family, but also um, the potential of clones to rise up against the Empire and, and Crosshair's role in it. And then it, it's just, it just dropped all that. And nothing wrong with going back to Sid, and I'm sure her loyalty to the Bad Batch, theirs to hers, and, and this whole thing with old one horn i'm sure that'll come up again but you know what you know what it reminded me a lot about a lot of you remember in lost oh oh here we go fuck yeah (laughs) i knew i knew i could bring this up to you but you'd have the season winding down you know the 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 season finale would be in a few weeks it's you know it's going to be major and then we get an episode about charlie pace's five greatest moments in his life Hey man, that's a good episode though. It's a good it's yeah. a good episode. But and it's it, I know what you mean. It doesn't it doesn't sort of um uh advance the central mystery of of Lost. Like it's like, a good episode another one. I think maybe even from the same season is where they find the um, the VW bus and Jen, Hurley and Sawyer yeah. repair it, right? Yeah. Um, you know that's pretty close to the end of the season, and that moment actually does pay off in the season finale. It but does. I know which I, I I think that's an accurate um, comparison for sure. And I think especially it feels that way. You know, with Lost and the Bad Batch isn't as bad because we get it every week, but with Lost, they were huge gaps between some episodes, mm-hmm. and you know I. I I, I think you're like me where we were just so invested in the story and wanting to know the mystery that episodes like that, while they were great episodes on first viewing, it was a bit of a letdown. But then when I went back and would rewatch the season, I thought it's a great, it, you know, it's a great episode because I'm content because I know where, where all the stories and the mysteries are going. Yeah. And you know, I, I pretty much line up with you exactly on this episode of The Bad Batch. Like, you know, it would probably rank towards the bottom for me overall. Uh, And that's not to say I didn't enjoy the episode. It's just when you compare this episode 
with some of the other episodes we've gotten so far. You know, not my favorite. I feel like, you know, maybe there were elements to this episode that were a bit rushed, even. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, I've sort of consistently praised the animation, especially like the lighting effects in this show as, as seeming really strong and maybe some of the best we've gotten in Star Wars animation. But then there, you know, you get this episode and they're down in the mines. It's got a bit of a Temple of Doom uh, vibe to it. Yes, it did. And it's super dark and they're being menaced by this infestation of space bugs. First off, you know, (laughs) no fucking thank you. I hate bugs. So that alone is going to turn me off to this episode. But then like you don't even get a real good look at them. They just seem like this big sort of amorphous swarm of insects or space bats or whatever the hell they are. You get a yeah. couple glimpses of them. And and to me, that has been one of the only times in this series that it seemed like kind of an obvious uh, budgetary slash time shortcut, you mm-hmm. know? Um, because everything has been so polished and great looking in this show. When something doesn't hit that mark, it almost sticks out a little more to me, if that yeah. makes sense. It, oh, absolutely, yeah. Um, but otherwise, you know, I'm always going to be a fan of an episode in this series that just lets us hang out with the Bad Batch. Like, I love all the appearances we've gotten so far, and I think it's really cool. But at the end of the day, what brings me to the show is I like the Bad Batch, and I like those characters. So you know, an episode to just let them hang out and shine a little bit. I'm not going to complain about, even if it wasn't the strongest episode we could have gotten. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Now, um, I wanted to bring up something to you. Our buddy Rick Villanueva brought this up in the comments of, um, the Patreon reaction I did for this episode. Let me pull it up real quick. He actually brought something, um, pretty neat up that I didn't think about. So, you know, the whole premise of this episode is that they come back to Narshada. Not Narshada. Um, um, Ord Mantel. Ord Mantel. They come back to Ord Mantel, and Sid has been sort of kicked out of her bar, and this new Joker has uh, taken over. What was his name? Was it Roland? Roland. Yeah. Uh, so, and, you know, sort of the whole thing is, is they get mixed up in this big thing. They try to mess. Sid, you know, wants the Bad Batch help her recover this spice that Roland has set up with the Pikes. Mm-hmm. And sort of throw a wrench into his deal with the Pikes, hoping that will cause him to get run out of town. Uh, and sort of the big moment at the end, you think the pikes are going to kill Roland. What they do is they cut off one of his horns. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's a Deverodian. So Rick leaves this message, and it's, I have been thinking about this for the last five days. This is what he says. Wondering if this episode is laying down the groundwork for the broken horn syndicate that gets mentioned in Star Wars Rebels. I didn't even remember that a broken horn syndicate got mentioned. Fucking well done. Yeah, that Rick, Rick Villanueva. Is, Rick's yeah, Rick is one of the 
smartest people out there because he he will come up with stuff like this. I didn't I didn't think of that. I don't even remember what they did exactly. I thought it had something to do with Visago. Yeah, and I, yeah, I kind of wondered the same too. Because didn't he have some messed up horns too, or am I just making that up? Ah, buddy. I've been saying for like the last two months, I need to rewatch Rebels. And you yes. know what I have yet to do? Start rewatching <laughs> Rebels. So yeah. I really got to do that because there's been multiple times when people very nicely, nobody's been a dick about it, but on Patreon or something, I'll say something in a, a Bad Batch episode and they'll be like, hey man, uh, I know you said this, but don't forget that this happens in Rebels. For instance, like, you know, Cham Sundula showing up in Rebels. And I'm like, you know what? I totally fucking forgot about that. You're right. So yeah, I, I desperately need to rewatch Rebels for the sake of my own like Star Wars knowledge, I guess. The only the only thing is Visago has a bit of an accent. And his so you know, so Roland would not be Visago unless he, you know, went into wit- witness protection and is pulling a reverse Hera. <laughs> I regardless of if if that was meant as some sort of um reference to this broken horn syndicate or not i do feel like roland is being set up as a character who will play some sort of role in the future yeah i think that's that's fair enough at least mm-hmm. um but yeah you know not my favorite um i wouldn't i would never say it was an awful episode but i also feel like you gotta have a bit of a cool down before you go into the last three. Cause I'm not expecting the last three to be um, great for our characters. Like I think the episodes mm-hmm. will be good, but I think we've got rough roads ahead. So yeah, a, there's going to be, oof. we're going to see some nastiness. Yeah. And I always like seeing the pikes. I don't know why. I just think the pikes are fucking cool. I think it's a cool design. I think mm-hmm. the way they translated the pikes into live action for solo was cool. So, you know, there yeah. was that at least. Mm-hmm. All right, buddy. Well, uh, uh, what was you gonna say? I was gonna say uh, the High Republic stuff that came out last. Was it last Friday? Yeah, there was that. I was gonna bring that up before we oh, move okay. on to voicemails and emails. Um, so we had, um, we're what in the middle of shit. I forget how they break this down. So there's three phases overall. Mm-hmm. And then and, three waves per phase, right? Right, and I think we are at the end of wave two of phase one. And the th- so last Friday during the Comic Con at Home stuff, they basically announced all the stuff from the third wave of phase one, and sort of announced that phase two will begin the beginning of next year, right? Yeah. Yes. Probably around the time Light of the Jedi came out this year. Mm-hmm. So, why don't you fill people in on what all we got announced, buddy? Um, basically, <laughs> it's a whole. I don't. I don't remember everything off the top of my head. Um, it's going to be the you know the same stable of authors: mm-hmm. uh, Kevin Scott, Daniel Jose Older, Justina Ireland, um, Claudia Gray, and Charles Soule. And we're going to be getting obviously more content there's going to be a two issue comic series written by charles soul about as he said it marcion not marcion not marchon but marcion well he's Um, killing me with that man because i listen to those audiobooks and they sure as fuck say marcion yeah 
it's it's one of those things and you would you would think that as you know the author he 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 would have something to say about it mm-hmm. well you know <clears throat> to be fair i remember when bloodline came out um way back in the day 2017 or whenever that was and uh, somebody asked Cla- Claudia Gray about the pronunciation and the audio book for that, you know, like Ransom Casterfo or Casterfo, um, mm-hmm. Rin Riven Die or Rin Riven D. And mm-hmm. her pronunciation of the character names were different than the audio book. So it, it's not a new occurrence by any means. Right, right. Um, I think, you know, the, the one thing that that I liked finding out is that you know we are going to see the the end of phase one yeah. just because um you know we, we are getting we are getting another adult novel uh the fallen star by claudia gray a young adult novel by um daniel jose older um justine Ireland's going to be writing more um and and i think charles soul is writing an, another book too but just knowing that it's this whole thing is is three phases long and we are nearing the end of the first phase. Yeah, so if things stay on track to how they're going, it looks like, you know, next year will all be phase 2 high republic stuff and then 2023 will probably be phase 3, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. And the uh, that show, right? You know the one I'm talking about that Leslie Headland's doing? Acolyte. The Acolyte, that one. Hey. <laughs> hey. Yes. Fucking Eric yeah. Struthers. <laughs> Peacocking around making fun of me. Yeah. Um, um, yeah. Yeah. So, because if the Acolyte <clears throat> gets started filming sort of earlier next year, then yeah, we're probably looking at 2023. <clears throat> so, if that's how it all plays out, if we get you know, a phase a year and then it's all sort of capped off with mm-hmm. uh, a Disney plus show, a live action Disney plus show that takes place towards the end of the high Republic era. Mm-hmm. Woo! That is impressive yeah. timing and execution. If they pull that it, off. I, I absolutely agree. And the way they've been developing this, the characters and story we stories we've gotten they've been incredible there's there's a book that came out this week um out of the shadows i bought it but i haven't started it yet um i just finished uh the two that came out earlier this month the race to crest point tower which was a fun book mm-hmm. um and then um that one was by uh, daniel jose older and then the rising storm by Kevin scott you know how you and I, we, we kind of read Light of the Jedi, the first High Republic book. Like, this book is awesome, and I love these Jedi. And you, you remember that mm-hmm. reaction? I think Rising Storm may be a better book. Ooh, man. I'm trying to get caught up, buddy. I'm trying. It crept up so quickly. Like, yeah. it just happened so fast that I was, and I wasn't a little behind. I was super behind. So. Mm-hmm. You know, um, our buddy Sal Perales giving me the kick in the pants to get caught up on the comics definitely helped sort of light the fire and get me the, going. The comics are great, too, and I'm just amazed at how they're tying in to, to even the release date of these books. But when, when you start rising, the, the Rising Storm, you're going to need some Kleenex. Oh, I'm becoming all over the place? Damn. I didn't realize <laughs> it was a sexy book. Not, not for that reason. I not know, for that I reason. know. 
All right, buddy. Well, why don't we hear from our moisture farmers? And hey, while I play the Kia D song, you could go read the new book real quick. <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll get on that right Mr. now. Mr. Speed Reader here. All right, let's, uh, yeah, let's play that and then we'll um, hear from some friends. Kia D. Kia D. Kia D. Cockhead. The only Jedi master who can crash box Kia D. Cockhead! Running around slaying bitches with his cockhead! He's a big Surian stud. He loves to split chicks with his pud. Kitty! Cockhead! To stroke his cone and suck on his balls. Kitty! Cockhead! What you gonna do when he comes on you now? He's a Jedi Council stooge. But he'll be plumping spooge tomorrow! Cockhead! All righty, so I uh, was a little bit of a blunder last week and i accidentally skipped over a voicemail from our buddy josh so that's what we're gonna do we're gonna kick off with josh josh's voicemail because i sure and and what's even more messed up is at the end of the episode i'm going through the list i'm like all right we did this one we did josh's i didn't do josh's i didn't play josh's so uh we'll kick it off with his let's hear what he has to say um, I hope you guys are doing well. Um, I'm enjoying the podcast as always. Um, and I've been thinking, which is always a dangerous prospect, um, I've been thinking about the different connections that, that somehow pop up coincidentally uh, between different TV shows or different franchises and movies and so forth. Uh, so one example um, that pops into my brain um, is the old Disney animated series Gargoyles, which is one of my favorites. It's up on disney plus right now it still holds up i think um but by the end of the run of that show um it seemed like the majority of the voice acting cast were also former cast members of uh, star trek the next generation uh, you know we had uh jonathan frakes and brent spiner and um michael dorn and a couple others i think i don't remember right now but anyway uh deanna Sirtris? Is that her name? Anyhow, um, so it seems to me we are starting to have that kind of connection between Star Wars and the TV show Cheers. Hmm. So um, John Ratzenberger um, was in Empire Strikes Back um, briefly. Um, he played a rebel on Hoth. And then, of course, we have Woody Harrelson um, playing Tobias Beckett in Solo. And now we have Rhea Perlman uh, voicing Sid in The Bad Batch. So, I just wanted to ask you guys, of the remaining main cast members of Cheers, um, if you could cast them in a Star Wars project, what sort of project would you cast them in, and what kind of character would you like to see them play? So, those remaining characters, or those remaining actors would be Ted Danson, George Wendt, Shelley Long, and Kelsey Grammer. Um, and then just for fun, why don't we throw in B.B. Newworth, 
um, who played Lilith, uh, Frazier's um, wife slash ex-wife, and then maybe Daniel Hedaya as well, who played Carla's ex-husband, Nick, um, but was also uh, the dad in Clueless and the evil President Arius in uh, Commando as well. So, what do you guys think? Um, what sort of uh, characters would you like to see those actors play? And what kind of project would you like to see them in? Um, <clears throat> hope you guys are doing well, as I said before. And may the force be with you. Hmm. He didn't, he didn't mention uh, Kirstie Alley, did he? He sure didn't, did he? But I, I don't think she'd be getting any, uh, any roles in, in anything Hollywood related. Anyway, um, so this one's going to be tough for me because I've definitely seen Cheers, definitely seen quite mm-hmm. a bit of Cheers. It was one of my dad's favorite shows, but I'm not super familiar with Cheers. It's not like you know, there were no yeah. lasers or smoke monsters in it or you know, spooky things going on. So it's not something I've revisited a ton. I, I'm familiar with Ted Danson. Um, I'd be down to see Ted Danson in uh, Star Wars, I think. Um, it would definitely interest Jesse because she's a big Ted Danson fan because of that show, The Good Place. Okay. So I don't know. What role would Ted Danson play, though? I don't know. Maybe, like... and. I'm thinking of him because of you know I I'm I'm very familiar with Cheers. I oh, watched, perfect! I watched this as a kid, um, and you know he played like a womanizing owner of a bar, right? Which which is very different from and I I've seen some of the Good Place, uh, very different from his character on on the Good Place, and I almost think it, you know at this stage in life, something like the the governor of a local of a planet somewhere. Okay. Um, maybe not like a high official, but maybe someone secretly working for the the, the re- rebellion or the resistance or whatever. Okay. What about um, uh, any of? Okay, Kelsey Grammer. <laughs> what about oh Kelsey Grammer? Yeah, he'd be uh, some alien all CGI'd up like he was in the X Men. Yeah, I was about to say, I think he would play Dr. Hank Henry McCoy. Henry Hank McCoy. Quoting Shakespeare, or space Shakespeare, or whatever. <laughs> yeah. Um, all right, who else did he mention? Uh, George, George Went. George Went, which was, um, um, was he Norm? Norm? Yeah. He was Norm. Uh some type of alien who's drinking all the time. I don't know. Like, I think he's either played characters based off of Norm or, like, Angry Fathers. Yeah. Well, isn't he also... Am I wrong, or is he the one of the characters in Toy Story? Is he a character I think I think it's... Um, uh, Cliff was. I think you're right. Yeah. I told you, man, this was not... This is not... My specialty. This I, I this is not like a Sith Lord. I it's not my specialty. Oh, he was in Fletch. I love Fletch. Oh yeah, he was. He um, was. Um Shelly Long, she would play some beleaguered dock attendant. Like Pelimoto. Okay, okay. I can uh, I can kinda dig that. 
Yeah, and then the the uh, BB Newer, she was actually like a main cast member the last season or two, I think, and I think she would she was like a very stern character, and I think you know she she's been on Broadway, so she has more range than that. But just off the top of my head, I would think some hard ass Imperial Admiral or Moff. Nice, uh, Josh, buddy. Um, I know I messed up by not um, playing your message last week. But I don't think it could have turned out any better having King Tom here because if this was me and Will answering this question, I'd be like, um, uh, I don't know, man. Uh, I just want to go where everybody knows your name. <clears throat> okay. I always forget that uh, Woody Harrelson was in that show. Mm-hmm. That was before his eating booty days. Yep. Or maybe it started him off. Something tells me that you, 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 once a booty eater, always a booty eater. I think you're probably yep. right. I think you're probably right. He probably came out looking for some groceries. All right. Uh, next up, we got our buddy Neil. Let's hear what he has to say. What's up, Oz and Will? It's your boy Neil calling from Chicago. Um, so, reason for my voicemail today is, you know, a. I feel like the latest episode of The Bad Batch, uh, episode 13, titled Invested, um, I feel like it got some, you know, unnecessary hate uh, from the community. Seems like everyone was like, oh, worst episode ever. And, you know, while it wasn't, like, inspirational and didn't move the plot of the whole show forward, what I do think it did is it... It basically put the Bad Batch in a position where Sid owes them a a favor. You know, Sid owes them, I feel like they are going to do some kind of, like, Mandalorian-style, like, team-up battle at the end where, you know, the Bad Batch is going to call in all their friends to save Omega or whatever the final, you know, mission will be. And Sid will be part of that, whether she provides supplies or credits or... You know, I don't even know, even, you know, support herself from her bar cronies or whatever. Uh, but what do you think? I, you know, even though it was Monster of the Week, I think it did, again, kind of put Sid on their uh, favor list. So I think that's important. But anyway, uh, let me know what you think and hope you guys are having a great week. All right. Bye. You know, I didn't even think about that. That's that's probably a good point to where they just helped Sid out in a major way and it seems like ever since they've run into her, they've owed her. So now maybe she does owe them a favor. I could see it yeah, coming. I up thought there. they were they at one point uh, during a previous episode. They said they were kind of even because of uh, Omega's skills and the jerk. Right. That they she because of the what the money she won playing the jerk for Sid. They were square as far as they didn't owe her anymore. So. Might be kind of nice to have Sid owe them for a little bit. Now, as far as a giant everybody comes together ending where all these separate characters that we've run in through this run into through the season show up for the big finale, I don't know. I mean, I can't tell. Like, I feel like most of the people that they've run into, except maybe Cut Laquane and his family. Um, mm-hmm. But everybody else, I do feel like, has been set up to show up again at some point. And I just don't know if that's meant to be some big 
season ending event or if it's meant to be even further on in a you know a potential season two or something i think it's it's nice to have that well of characters there Mm -hmm. but at the same time i don't know if i need that because we get these characters in other places in star wars i think i think you're right about about cut definitely coming back with his family um and and at one at some point, I would like to see all these other characters, whether it's in the Bad Batch or someplace else. But I don't need it um, because we get that team up in other places. Yeah, yeah. I mean, if I had to guess, the most likely character to show back up for the finale would probably be Rex. You could see mm-hmm. how Rex could play a priv- pretty um, important role, especially if you know the end of this first season has to do with trying to rescue or turn crosshair in some way you could see how like maybe rex would have some valuable uh information or input about that but everybody else like i don't know i don't really know i guess we'll see because i have a feeling that the episode that comes out tonight slash in the morning is probably like a solid setup episode for the final two yeah So. so It will probably have a pretty good idea of, of that after tomorrow. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> All right. Next up, we've got a voicemail from Jacob. Let's hear what he has to say. Hey, Oz and Will. Last week, I, uh, you know, kind of asked a deep question. Well, this week, I'm going to ask a question that takes us deep down the rabbit hole. Uh-oh. And to kind of expand <laughs> upon the extraterrestrial and UFO subject that you guys were uh, discussing uh, last show. Um, Haas, I believe you had a Star Wars year-by-year podcast with Steel, exclusive to the Patreon, where you discussed early in George's life he had a super bad car accident. Now, uh, what if you were to take a little bit of revisionist history, and what if that car accident was actually... A UFO abduction. Oh, shit. And George, over the years, has had encounters with extraterrestrials or ultra-terrestrials, interdimensional beings, whatever you think the aliens actually are. And uh, bit by bit, he's been divulging, actually, the secrets of the universe within Star Wars, or perhaps um, preparing us for an uh, invasion of an actual galactic empire. So uh, just kind of wanted to tr- take your mind grapes down that uh, rabbit hole and see what you guys think. Check you later. Bro, if that's the case, then Uncle George needs to h- hook a brother up with some of those Darth Maul legs. All right? <laughs> that's that's A number one, George. I, look, man, uh, throughout my life, I've put some change in your pocket, buddy. You know? I at least got you a couple of, you know, plates of noodles at an Australian food court through my fandom. And, uh, you know, I probably, you know, increased that uh, sale value to Disney by, like, you know, a couple of bucks, (laughs) you know. So help your boy out. Next time you talk to the aliens, hook me up with some robot legs. Now, if if this came... Oh, my goodness. If this was the case and George 
has been communicating with aliens to prepare society for some sort of invasion, he could have done a better job. <laughs> he could have done it. I mean, like, he gave us the keys, but we need some guidance, man. Yeah, I I don't know if I need this in my life because if, if this is true then you'll have all of the uh, people who belong to a certain sector of fandom that, that we like to ignore saying that, you know, the Disney purchase and everything that, that has happened since 2012 has been, you know, f- for, for the, the worsening of humankind. Um, it's straight us away from the path of the prophet George Lucas. Oh, my God. And is, doing nothing but to fatten us up for the aliens. You know, George prophesied the, the you know, he was ready to to unleash the truth. You know, we, we had uh, Wookiees getting blown up by moons in the sacred gospel. We had heroes <laughs> falling in love with spaceships. You know, he was trying to prepare us for that. And, and he was about to unleash the last tome of how to overcome this alien invasion. And that was, we would defeat the evil forces of Darth Icky with a savior named Winky. <laughs> but, but, you know, the evil Disney were in the pockets of these alien invaders came and, and put the kibosh on that because of Kathleen Kennedy. And I don't need that in my life. You know what? I didn't even think about that. But I'll be first in line to hang out with a Sulliston. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I'll be the first one to hang out with a Sulliston. If if aliens touch down tomorrow and they're on the news and they come out looking like nigh and numb, <laughs> I can't get there fast enough. Uh, I'll bring the syrup. Yeah. All, yeah, all Jesse's going to hear is the burning of rubber as I peel out of our driveway. <laughs> I got to go hang out with nigh and numb. I'll bring one of them home, introduce them to all the animals. I, I, I would want to hug every Wookiee I saw. Oh, my goodness. I mean, look, things probably wouldn't be that great, but there would be some cool benefits. Hugging a Wookiee, Ewoks. I mean, there's a lot of good stuff going on there. So, All right. Um, We got a couple of voicemails left and then some emails. So first up is Kobe, Mr. 100. It's your boy Kobe, a.k.a. Mr. 100. I'm coming at you with another voicemail. It's hot out here. God damn. Um, it, it, I'm sweating my balls off out here. It is it's hot. But I finally got a break to sit in the AC and uh, talk to my two favorite people about some Star Wars stuff. So um, lately I've been messing around with that uh, that old tier maker website, messing around with make putting stuff in tiers and ranking stuff, something I really enjoy doing. I'm sure you guys have seen that, um, seen all about that. But uh, this week, I want to do something kind of like that with some power scaling for some characters from Star Wars. Uh, I'll try to keep it kind of short and give you guys time to discuss. But I, uh, I conjured up a list of some characters and then some tiers, and I want to tell you where I would throw them. And then thus, you can uh, take that into consideration and then tell me where you guys would throw these characters and how you would power scale them. Now, let me give you a little bit of background. Um, so there's going to be five tiers. There's going to be S tier, which is the best of the best, and then they're all going to descend down into S, A, B, C, and D. And then I'll give you the list of characters. I'll say it out loud, and I'll put a list in the email. That way you have a comprehensible list to look at. Um, 
but this is solely based off just their overall power. Um, you can judge that however you want to judge it. The great thing about Star Wars is uh, power is not like a finite entity that is, you know, it, it can be it can be perceived differently by many people. Um, but just what you think their overall power is, um, and this is peak power. This is not, you know. The pow- their power at the time of this movie or that movie, it is where you think their peak is, their all-time most powerful. Um, so we got the S tier, A tier, B tier, C tier, and D tier. Uh, and then your list of characters, uh, and this is in no particular order, we got Luke Skywalker, uh, Darth Vader, and then Anakin is separate from Darth Vader. I got them as two different people. Um, Yoda, Obi-Wan Kenobi, uh, Palpatine, Rey, Mace Windu, Kylo Ren, uh, Ahsoka, Darth Maul, and then Canon Grievous. That is my list of, of characters. Um, where I- okay. So, we're going to rank these, all right? Okay. Uh, I'm going to do terrible at this because I like so many of these characters. It's tough. Right. Uh, so, Luke Skywalker, S-tier. I think so. S-tier, Luke Skywalker. Obi-Wan Kenobi, A tier. I love Obi-Wan. He may be my favorite Jedi, but when you look at the list of characters that we've been presented for this, not everybody can be an S tier, you know? I, yeah, I, I mean, if, if we're trying to do this as, you know, dispassionately and even yes. across the board as possible, I... I, again, I love Obi Wan. Uh huh. I might even say B. I I don't even B. think it's that's that uh, incorrect. You know what I mean? Like right because I I think the whole point of Obi Wan is that he wasn't powerful and it was his his character. Yes. Right. That that made him great, not his ability with the Force. He was, you know. He was powerful with the force, but it, it was his the decisions he made, and he made you know he made some mistakes. Um, they were the mistakes of going along with the order when he knew he should have followed his heart, but he still made mistakes. He owned up to them, and yeah, I I I love him, but I'd say B, B, okay. Uh, Yoda, I think Yoda goes A tier or S tier or A tier. I'd say A, yeah. A tier. Uh, Vader, I say, is A or B tier. I'd put it A. Yeah. Yeah. Anakin. Just because, just because he, he, well, okay, why don't you do Anakin and then I'll explain Vader. Anakin, S tier. Yes. He's absolutely. the chosen one. Yeah, he's the chosen one. He, you know, he, he balanced the force and all of that, but if... You know, losing three of his four limbs knocked him down a peg. Then, of course, Vader would be A, and he, he was powerful because he was able to wipe, you know, finish wiping out the Jedi. I think Vader's hate and anger, like, I think the Sith and Darksiders view that as like a source of their power, but I mm-hmm. think Vader's obsession, his hate, and his anger actually made him less powerful. I think you're right, and I, I you know I, I I hate when people are pedantic, but 
technically he becomes Darth Vader when he kneels down to Palpatine, not right. when he's encased in the suit. Exactly. And yeah, you're absolutely right. He's <clears throat> blinded and clouded by the dark side. Mm-hmm. And Damn. yeah, that definitely holds him back. All right. So Palpatine. S. S tier. I agree. Ray. Now, Ray, I would say, is A tier, but she is destined for S tier. Like, I know Kobe said, like, based on their peak, but I don't think we've seen Ray's peak yet. We've only sort of seen the beginning stages of Ray's journey as a Jedi, right? Yeah. Um, um, being able to call on all the Jedi. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, you know, to... I. To, to be able to, to use the Force in a way to heal others, bring yeah. them back from death, um, that's something we have not seen. To, we have seen Force healing in Star Wars, but we haven't seen it to that extent. Um, and, you know, doing what she did at the end of Rise of Skywalker definitely shows that she has, we just haven't seen it yet, the, the capacity for S tier. Yeah, I think she's destined for S tier. The peak of what we've seen her at is A tier, like if yep. that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm by no means taking anything away from Ray. I love Ray. She's one of my favorite Star Wars characters. But I just think, like, it's hard for me to imagine what her peak is when, you know, we've only, I feel like we've only sort of seen the beginning three acts of Ray's story. There's still a lot of Ray's story for us to, to be told in the years to come. Mm-hmm. Maul, controversial opinion. Like I would say, C tier. Yeah, he's. I I would say I would say C. Um, cool as fuck character. Mm-hmm. But you know, I think we did see, for instance, I think we've seen Maul at his, um, his peak. But you know, when compared to other Sith or dark sided Jedi. Um, or dark side force users, I don't think he stacks up. Badass character. He's got yeah. some great stories associated with the character. Power yeah. level, I'd say C. Yeah, his sheer, it's impressive that his sheer will is able to keep him alive through everything after the Phantom Menace. But a part of the Sith's, the power of the Sith. And yes, after the Phantom Menace, he's no longer a Sith. But a part of a Sith's power is deception. Yeah. And cunning and all of that. And, you know, Dooku had it. Anakin Vader really didn't have it. They didn't need it. But Palpatine sure as hell had it. Yeah. And um, I think it's it's in the Darth Plagueis novel, and that's not canon, but it, it is still applicable. You know, Palpatine is talking with Plagueis about um, Maul. And he's like, he will never be a truth Sith because he's going to have to operate in the shadows. Be- you know, we can't send out a guy with red face paint and, and tattoos on his face. Right. Uh, we can't send him out to be a Sith in in public. Right. He's always going to be in the shadows because of who he is. Uh, Kylo. Now, Kylo, I think this is another instance where if you're talking Kylo instead of Ben Solo, I feel like Kylo's devotion to the dark side that we see through most of the sequel trilogy Mm -hmm. actually 
weakens him. You know what I mean? Like he kind of like we were talking about with Vader, right? Mm -hmm. Like Kylo's obsession with finishing what Vader started and, you know, sort of his anger towards Luke and his family and everything. I think that makes him weaker than he actually is. I would say Kylo's probably a B tier. Yeah, I would I wouldn't have any problem putting him there and I think Kylo it Kylo slash Ben are both great characters and I do love how you know the very first thing we see Kylo do is it the first when he freezes the blaster bolt. So cool. Never saw that before. Yeah. And you know he's doing all of this new stuff that we've never seen before. But I don't know, you know, is it the case that he's truly strong or is it just there's no competition around him at that time? Right. And, you yeah. know, I always I guess it was a little bit of headcanon for me. Mm-hmm. And and I know there's been, been nothing to say this officially, but that move specifically, I don't know why. But I always had it in my head that that was a technique he learned under Luke because it seemed like more of a defensive technique yes than a, yeah than you know your your typical dark side slash sith offensive technique right um, while the the mind probing that he learned uh i would i would think that that on the other hand is from snoke yes exactly yeah so <clears throat> how powerful would he have been if maul or vader or dooku were around that's right. tough to say uh mace windu i think mace windu's he is straddling the line of A and S here. Yeah, I'd I'd say A. Yeah. Um, well, although you know he 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 goes like so he and not just like he goes with some pretty badass Jedi to mm-hmm. Palpatine's office, and every one of those other Jedi gets murdered immediately. Yep. And he stands his ground with Palpatine, right? I think that puts him, if not in S tier, pretty close. Like he is towards the top of the A tier. I okay. I'll 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 agree with A, but on the same way where we're handicapping Vader and Kylo for their devotion to the dark side, I think Mace was too devoted to the Jedi ways. I agree, and I do think yeah. you've got a good point. I think you've got to dock him some points for that, right? I definitely do. I think you have a really good point with that, buddy. Right. Um, Ahsoka, what'd you think on this one, buddy? I'd say it's tough because we really haven't seen her whole story arc or where she goes. I would say as presented thus far... Mm-hmm. I would say she is, once again, towards the top of the A tier. Yeah. But I have a feeling once it's all said and done, firmly S tier. But Mm -hmm. as we've seen so far, top of the A tier, you know, I think the very fact that she was like brave and courageous enough to step away from the Jedi Order, that she was so early on and seeing the issues with the Jedi order and was like, no, I'm not going to just go along with this. Mm -hmm. You know, I think that puts her really high, right? She, 
she learned the important things from Anakin that went against everything the Jedi stood for. Exactly. That Anakin, Anakin de- didn't even follow himself necessarily. Yeah. <clears throat> All right. And then one last one, and that is General Grievous, which I have no problem uh, dunking on the bottom of the list and saying D tier. Yep, I would I would say D. It's all the robotics. It's all the robotics, right? He does the fancy robotic stuff, and uh, he was trained in lightsaber combat with by Count Dooku. But there's no there's no heart, there's no soul. He's a villain. He's like a mustache twirling villain, the kind of villain you'd see in an old black and white movie, like tying a lady to the t- train tracks. You know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. I don't exactly. see him as being. Like clearly he's built up to be a big threat, but I I never saw it, you know? So yeah. I'd say D tier. Let let me ask you, um, because I feel like he, there are two names that he left off that I'd be interested in getting your opinion on. Okay. Um uh, Dooku and Qui-Gon. Who Dooku and Qui-Gon. Qui-Gon, I go a uh S tier. Yes, I would too. Now let me tell you why. I say Qui-Gon gets S tier because of his approach to being a Jedi Mm -hmm. and the fact that somehow after he died, he was able to find a way to rematerialize and communicate with the living people. Right. Right. And he he trained Yoda and uh, Obi-Wan and who in turn trained Luke. Yeah, I was that's exactly what I was going to say. Um, Dooku. Dooku is an interesting, is an interesting case. I'd be interested to hear where you would put him because trained by Qui-Gon, that's important. Or no, he trained Qui-Gon. That's right. He he trained by Yoda. He trained Qui-Gon, apprentice to Palpatine slash Darth Sidious. Mm -hmm. Um, I... It's tough because, again, we don't know his whole story. And in the new canon, they've changed the the, the timing of when he went to the dark side. In, mm-hmm. in the EU, it was always he turned after Qui-Gon's death. Right. Um, but now we've gotten hints of him flirting with the dark side as early as him training Qui-Gon. Mm-hmm. So I would think in, in the opposite way of, you know, how Vader and, and Kylo's devotion to the dark side handicaps them. I think in a way his turn to the dark side improved him a little bit. I could but, kind of see that. But at the same time, uh, he was a patsy. He was always meant to take the fall. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you've never read the, the, the novelization of the Re- of Revenge of the Sith, it it's great how it takes you through, you know, his thought process and what happens because he doesn't realize this whole time deception of the, is the way of the Sith and Palpatine is putting one over on him. Um, he's very powerful. We see that in the Clone Wars. I mean, it it looks as if he could be S tier, but the fact that he doesn't understand what's happening and he allows himself to be used like he is i would just say i would stick him at a yeah i was thinking a or b even you know yeah jedi dooku b sith dooku a yeah i could kind of see that 
I could definitely kind of see that. All right, so here's what we're going to do. I have to get back to work. <laughs> um, so what we're going to do is we're going to do Jim's voicemail. We're going to knock out all the voicemails tonight. And then next week when Will's back, Sam, Coda, and Kim, we will get to your emails. So, uh, you know, hold tight. You know we'll get to you guys. You know you don't have to worry about that. So, but before we go, let's hear Jim's uh, voicemail and hear what he has to say. Hey, Hawes and Will. Uh, Sorry about the road noise, but I wanted to ask you guys a question of the things that haven't been dealt with uh, inside the uh, timeline that we already know about, what, what would you like to know more about uh, between these? Uh, Grogu, back in the academy at Coruscant, getting raised by all the masters. Um, Dooku, <laughs> ra- um, with Qui-Gon as his Padawan, and maybe even trained by Yoda at first, uh, him coming up. Or... Luke training Kylo or Plagueis bringing up Palpatine Uh, of those four or any others that you can think of which would be which would you want to see the new Disney Plus series uh, you know titled Dooku or Plagueis or Grogu what what would you what would you guys be most interested in alright gentlemen ignite the green Oh man, he gave me like at first I was like, "Oh, this isn't going to be that hard to choose," but it got a little harder as it went on. So, yeah, that's uh, a great question. It is a good question. Grogu at the Academy. It's not that I'm in, not interested in it, right? I definitely am. I just feel like that's something we will get the answer to and hear about at some point. Yeah. and if it's like a you know Grogu the the very early years um you know it would it would be a whole series that that's that's how i'm envisioning it yes and it okay first of all grogu would be even more i don't mean this in a bad way but infantile than we see him in the mandalorian Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. so i don't know how much of a character he would be uh but also it'd probably be be set among the clone wars right so you know we already get a lot of that yeah this is what i was gonna say like i just want to know the answer to the grogu question who rescued him from the temple how did that all go down what's grogu's deal i want that answered but i don't necessarily know that i want a whole series devoted to it right now qui-gon young qui-gon with dooku as his master and stuff now that's fascinating to me. Like, I could see that because, okay, first off, you're looking at a series set a decent amount of time before The Phantom Menace. So right. basically, you know, you would be looking at a series sort of in between The High Republic and the prequel trilogy, even, right? Like, uh, yeah, yeah. So um, I could see that being really cool really cool and just the idea of seeing like what dooku was like as a jedi master to young qui-gon what qui-gon was like as a kid like you could even maybe establish some events that set up qui-gon becoming the jedi that you see 
in The Phantom Menace. I think there's a lot of cool things you could do with that story. Mm-hmm. Um, what was the next one? Luke, training, Kylo. Right. Yeah. That, that's probably my number one and has okay. been. I, I just want to know as much as possible about Luke, about young Ben Solo, about the time in between Return of the Jedi and The Force Awakens. Um, you know, the comic book series, The Rise of Kylo Ren, was really cool. I, I really enjoyed it. But that was just a little, you know, a little four-issue taste. I need more. Yeah. So to me, that's my number one. Now, I'm interested to hear what you think about the last option because you're a big fan of the Plagueis book, right? Yeah. Um, I, I just want, you know, just ab- ab- about the, the Luke and Kylo one, mm-hmm. I, I, I'm interested in that, but I'm more interested in Snoke and Kylo. And I think in issue one of The Rise of Kylo Ren, doesn't Ben say something like when he meets with Snoke, you know, what I could see what Master Luke did to you or whatever. Mm-hmm. So Luke and Snoke at some time encountered each other, and I want to see that. Yeah. Um, you you called it for me that the Plagueis Palpatine one is the most interesting one to me by far. Yeah. Uh, you know, I think I just think there's a ton there. Um, inter- you know, whether or not it 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 follows the, the path of the Darth Plagueis novel, I'm good with it either way. Um, but I think there's a lot there. And, you know, as, as you were talking I, I had a bit of an idea where um, Ian McDermott is, I think, six or seven years older than Liam Neeson. And I think that Qui-Gon and Palpatine, the characters, are supposed to be around the same age. Oh. What if you did a story about both together, like kind of huh. paralleling each other? Um Although, again, the most interesting story I think you can tell in involving Dooku, because we got that audio drama, mm-hmm. but I think it would be, you know, how he turned to and became a Sith. Yeah. But I still would like to see, I, I would like to see him training Qui-Gon, but I really want to see, Pal, you know, the Palpatine and Plagueis backstory. Man, I the idea, right, of not, uh, not a Dooku slash Qui-Gon and not a... Palpatine slash Plagueis centered series, but a series set what 50 years or something, 40 to 50 years before the Phantom Menace and Mm -hmm. young Qui-Gon and young Dooku are characters, young Palpatine and his relationship with Plagueis. And that whole thing is a, a plot element all the you know, a younger Yoda, a younger Mace Windu, a younger Kiati Mundi, like, woo, this like a like a legit prequel to the prequels, like mm-hmm. almost sort of setting up all the events of this. That is a fucking series right there, man. That is yeah. something I would be very stoked about, and I think could be really fascinating and cool. Mm-hmm. Like you, think, you yeah. um coming up with the idea of sort of combining the two, combining the Qui-Gon Dooku slash Plagueis 
um, Palpatine show into one thing. Ooh, I I, 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 I find that fascinating. I find that really cool. And then, I, I hope I didn't disappoint you, Jim. Oh, I, oh, you got me fired up. I want to go work on the script for this thing. <laughs> I'm pitching it to Disney Plus tomorrow, buddy. You better book a plane ticket to Anaheim. I'll I'll, I'll definitely keep my subscription for that. Yeah. <clears throat> All right, buddy. Um, hey, man. We're gonna we're that's where we're gonna cut it this week. I got some work I gotta tackle before Bad Batch comes on, and I record about that. So, um, and I don't want to keep you too long. So, thanks so much for. Thanks. Uh, hanging out and uh, filling in for Will. It's been a blast. Mm -hmm. Why don't you tell um, our good listeners where they can find you? I mean, first off, they should already know and should be checking these things out. But just in case, you know, every episode is potentially someone's first episode. So why don't you tell them where they can find you? I'm on a podcast called The Sith List where we talk about Star Wars and just other... uh fun things that that we all enjoy um and then i do patreon shows for steel wars uh bad motivators and blue harvest we have uh masters of harvest kasi where we talk about video games yeah it's a lot of fun star wars video games i should say yeah and maybe the occasional space quest if we're the feeling squirrely. Occasional space quest, yeah <laughs> so yeah guys you should check out all those shows of course you know we've had we've had all those people on here at some point. Well, most of them, we haven't had all the bad motivators. I've had the one that likes to fucking shit on me. Eric Strothers, a lot of good that did. It's still taking shots at me. Um, anyways, uh, yeah, check out all those shows. They're all great. King Tom's great on them all. Uh, if you guys haven't checked it out already, check out mine and, uh, my buddy Steve's video game podcast. It's called high potion. You can find it wherever you uh, listen to podcasts. I recorded. It's, it's a lot of fun. Thanks, I, buddy. I just have to say, it's a lot of fun. Um, also, I recorded a guest spot on a another video game podcast, but I don't think the episode is coming out for a week or two. Um, I'm sure you guys can probably guess which video game podcast it is, given. Uh, my fondness for a certain guest we have on the show who hosts a video game podcast, but I didn't want to um, promote it before it comes out, and I know the episode number and stuff, so keep your eyes out, eyes and ears out for that one. Uh, if you like our theme song, please check out Stoned Cobra on iTunes, Spotify, and at stonedcobra.bandcamp.com. Leave us a five-star review on iTunes if you haven't already. And until next week, when Will will be back and we'll be discussing at least the Bad Batch and whatever the hell else happens, this has been Blue Harvest and I'm Halls Burkhart. I'm Tom Chansky. May the Force be with you. May the Force be with us.